I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH in Boston. It's not every day that you see hundreds of scientists in white lab coats taking to the streets, but that's what happened yesterday in the Canadian capital of Ottawa. The scientists and their supporters marched outside Parliament. Protesters charged Canada's Prime Minister Stephen Harper with muzzling government scientists and slashing environmental research. In a few minutes, we'll talk to a journalist who's written about the shifting politics of science and environmental protection in Canada. But first, one of the triggers of this protest. It was a high-profile fight over an unlikely place, a little-known research facility deep in the Canadian forest. Reporter Ari Daniel Shapiro of our partner program NOVA went there. I'm riding along a twisting gravel road in western Ontario, just north of Minnesota. Black spruce trees and scraggly jack pines hug the road. Every couple minutes, I spot another lake peeking through the trees. So just up around the corner here is where the restricted area begins. This restricted area is basically an outdoor laboratory, and John Shearer worked here for almost 40 years. He retired recently as the senior biologist and operations manager at this government facility known as the Experimental Lakes Area. There are probably close to a thousand lakes within a a 20-mile radius of where we're standing now. Scientists know these lakes incredibly well. The lake beyond the culvert is Lake 626, They've all been numbered. This uh, little lake through the trees here is Lake 442. And they've been the sites of numerous experiments. In fact, some of the most influential environmental research in recent decades has been done here. For instance, much of what we know about the effects of acid rain. Scientists slowly poured acid into one of the lakes and watched what happened. Another study showed that adding phosphorus to lakes triggers massive blooms of algae. That led to a ban on phosphates and detergents in the U.S. and Canada. Shearer is quick to add that researchers always clean up the lakes once they've finished an experiment. The experimental lakes area, he says, offers a rare opportunity to do large-scale experiments in nature. Scientists can change conditions in a whole lake system as opposed to a test tube or a flask. But after more than four decades of research, this unique outdoor laboratory may soon shut down. The Canadian government announced recently that it would cease operating the facility as of next spring. John Shearer says when he heard the news, he was astonished. It's hard to believe that any facility that has led the world in freshwater research could not be important to the federal government of Canada that has so much fresh water within its boundaries. Many scientists are angry about the impending closure, but those most directly involved can't talk about it publicly. That's because government scientists have been instructed not to speak with the media, and non-government scientists have been threatened with the loss of their research permits if they escort a journalist here. Shearer agreed to take me to the facility because he's retired. He's got nothing to lose. But others say they have a lot to lose if the experimental lakes area shuts down. There will be no jobs for me as a scientist. I'm going to leave the country. 
Diane Orihel is a University of Alberta graduate student who studies water pollution. She's founded a coalition of scientists and citizens who are lobbying to save the Experimental Lakes area. She says her team's gathered 17,000 Canadian signatures. Orihel believes the planned closing of the ELA is part of a larger shift in her government's attitude towards science. I think that the government is shutting down ELA because it does not want the information that ELA generates that gets in the way of economic development. As she sees it, the conservative government of Prime Minister Stephen Harper is intent on rolling back environmental protection and research while it pushes the extraction of natural resources, particularly Canada's oil sands. Now, the government says its decision to close the ELA was simply a matter of finances. Canada is hundreds of billions of dollars in debt, and the facility was one of a number of programs sacrificed as a deficit-reducing measure. Operating the ELA costs about $2 million a year. This is not a decision that reflects on the quality of the science that has been done. In fact, says Dave Gillis of the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, the ELA may yet remain open. He says the government is hoping another institution, a university, say, will take over operations. Our energies right now are focused on identifying an alternate operator for the ELA site uh, so that that type of research can be conducted on into the future under new management. But critics find this plan vague and unrealistic. No institution has stepped forward, and the expected closure is now less than nine months away. If the facility does get shuttered next spring, some experiments will have to stop before they're even finished. Chris Metcalf is an environmental scientist at Trent University in Peterborough, Ontario. He and his team of 15 are tracking how lake ecosystems are affected by nanosilver, a substance used as a disinfectant in a growing number of consumer products like laundry detergents. The experimental lakes area is the only place where you can do that kind of work. It's invaluable. It's not only the looming closure of the Experimental Lakes area that has scientists frustrated. The government has decided to stop funding Canada's northernmost research lab, which has been used to study ozone loss over the Arctic. And last month, the Canadian Parliament passed a law that scaled back environmental assessments and protection of endangered species. All of this is what led to yesterday's protest in Ottawa, where hundreds of scientists gathered. Katie Gibbs, a PhD student and one of the organizers, addressed the crowd. I know that most of you would much rather be in your labs doing what you do best, but we are at a critical point in Canadian history. If we don't stand up for science, nobody will. The Harper government issued a written statement yesterday. It said science and technology remain, quote, a strong priority. For Nova in the World, I'm Ari Daniel Shapiro.